You are listening to weekly messages from Austin Christian Fellowship. For more information about ACF, visit acfellowship.org. Yeah, I kind of feel like I've been in a Top Gun movie after watching. Hello. Here we go. I feel like I've been watching Top Gun for that line right there. Hello, church. So Top Gun was a movie, never mind, years ago. Can we thank our worship team for leading us so well? Man. Woo. And I want to thank you guys. Um, I'm the pastor who sits over here and watches you, and I love watching you engage. It moves my heart. We're singing about moving his heart. I think you just did because of your participation and the way you sing and the way you move and the way you respond. Yay. Uh, good morning. My name is Will Davis, Jr. This is Tanya Parrott. This is Tony Colvin. They'll be addressing you here in just a minute. Welcome to Austin Christian Fellowship. Um, if at any point you ever want to know anything about ACF, including during the service, you can text ACF Connect. That little phrase, that's the key phrase to everything. ACF Connect at 512, memorize it, 866-9908, 866-9908. And um, it's a great way to get information about the services, get notes from what the guys are teaching, learn about prayer, learn about giving, learn about opportunities to connect. It's just kind of the phrase, ACF Connect to 866-9908-512, the area code. We'll help you immediately. We're so glad that you're part of our church. Thank you for being here today. There's a lot going on in Austin, Texas, and around the world. And it's a great place to be. If you don't have lunch plans today and you're relatively new to ACF, we're having lunch and a meet and greet as soon as this service is over up in our prayer barn, the red building at the top of the hill. And it lasts about an hour and we'd love to have you. It's a chance to meet some staff and learn a bit more about what these guys are gonna talk about and connecting and what the church is about. I'll be there to answer some questions. We'll keep it short, but we'll feed you and we'd love to hear honestly your story and who you are and what brings you to ACF. And if we can help connect you, we wanna do that. So if you got time and you're kind of checking out church, you can still be anonymous. You can still not have to sign anything, say anything, give anything. We don't take blood to the third or fourth meeting, I think, so you're fine, okay? Please come. We would love, we would love to have you. Um, all right, we're doing a series called Be Ready for Your Cue. We are ACF, got one with rhythm in the room. We are boom, boom, ACF, okay? And um, we've been talking about the, some of the things that rise to the surface of our church. There's a lot more than we could cover in these five weeks. But the month of August, I, along with many of our staff, are teaching about the things that if you become part of ACF or you are part of ACF, you're gonna be invited into. And we're making promises and we're also making asks of you during this series. Um, next week, Michelle Briggins, our missions director, and I will get to talk about missions and its huge role in our church. But today, these two will talk to you about um, the, why you shouldn't be isolated, why community matters. Tanya has been on our staff for many, many years. She directs our women's ministry and our small group ministries. Tony's been on staff for many, many years, and he directs our men's ministry, new to that, which is really fun and oversees all of our adult discipleship ministries, and they're passionate about what they're gonna say. And one of the things about this series that's so good is you're getting to hear from people that are in the trenches leading you every day. You're the coaches, you're the players, but you're getting to hear from them on their heart and, and the values of the people who lead our church that help lead you, and it's really awesome. So I'm giddy to hear what they have to say. Um, let me pray, and we'll get going here. Lord, I love these two, and I thank you for them. I just bless them today. Thank you for their great word you've got and you've got you given them. I pray for energy and encouragement and excitement. I pray that many in this room, like last service, will be transformed and encouraged to step into community and step into leadership and community as you call them to. 
Lord, we don't want anybody isolated. So anoint them, please, and cover them, please. Lord, I gotta pray for the people in California and the fires. Gotta pray for people in Florida and the rains and the tropical storms. Gotta pray for the folks in Afghanistan, the folks in Haiti, and Lord, the folks in Austin as we're all dealing with our stuff. So bring your healing, God, to this land. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Well, hello. Hello. It is great to see all of you. It's great to be up here with Tanya. Uh, they don't let us up here much, so we brought water. I hope you brought a sandwich or something because it's gonna be really long. We have a lot to say. <laughs> you know, the sandwiches are up in the barn. I don't think they're there yet, so. Um, anyway, <laughs> before we get started, um, and you guys online, I hope you have some snacks in the living room. If you walk away with nothing else today, I hope that you will understand how much Jesus loves you, how much he wants to have a relationship with you, and how much he seeks you out. We're gonna talk about community. Community is a great value at ACF. It's been something that we've had as a value since the beginning of, of, of the church. It's where our mission to enable the seeker of purpose, uh, meaning and truth to know, love, and serve Jesus really happens. And we kind of consider our small groups, our serving groups, all those places, uh, the leaders, that's, that's the church. That's kind of the default pastors of the church. When I'm, I'm looking at, uh, when I teach about something, I kind of like to go to see what Jesus says about it first because that seems like a good place to start. See what Jesus says. So in uh, Matthew 18, 20, Jesus says, where two or three of you come together in my name, there I am with you. We used to, we used to joke at um, Brushy Creek, you know, there, there were days when you were a portable church and you're kind of getting started. There weren't uh, always this many people in the room or ever. <laughs> and, um, but we always made the two or three requirement. It was like, yes, we've got the two or three requirement. Jesus is going to be there with us. And, and Tapkin and Jason, you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you loading guys too. But how, how important that is. Like where, where two or three of us get together, Jesus is with us. And I was looking at a commentary this week in uh, the Blue Letter Bible. It's David Guzik. Do you guys know about the Blue Letter Bible? Any of you? Raise your hands. If, if, it's a great free tool uh, for Bible study. So blueletterbible.com, great commentaries. If you're interested in the Greek and the Latin and the Hebrew and the la-di-la, that's, I'm, I'm not so much. Sometimes I am and it's important to some people and it's okay that if it's important to you, I'm just East Texas and sometimes I don't, um, it's all Greek to me anyway. So uh, what David Guzik says in uh, his commentary is that we can infer in this passage that uh, we are known by Jesus in his name. When we gather in his name and we're two or more are gathered, he's there with us and we are known by him, we're called by his name. We are gathering according to his character and his nature. Uh, we are gathering in a manner that he would endorse and that when we gather in his name and his presence is with us, then we carry the power and the authority of heaven. And I like. I want you to get that. Like it's it's when we like. Oh yeah, let's gather in Jesus' name. When we say that we're going to gather in Jesus' name, Jesus says He's going to be there with us, and His presence is going to be there with us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a, a favorite author of mine. He was a uh, he was a German pastor. Uh, he was an he very anti-Nazi. Uh, he was part of the the German resistance. Uh, he was imprisoned in uh, kind of later in the, the war for a couple years and then died in execution 
uh, right as the war was ending and, and, and just wrote a lot of great books. One is called The Cost of Discipleship, uh, Letters from Prison, great books. I just encourage you to pick those up in your, in your spare time. But he has a book called Life Together and it's one of my favorites on Christian community. And what he says about Christian community is that Christian brotherhood is not an ideal which we must realize it is rather a reality created by God in Christ which we may participate. He goes on to say that the more clearly we learn to recognize that the ground and strength and promise of all our fellowship is in Jesus Christ alone, the more serenely shall we think of our fellowship and pray and hope for it, that we would desire it as we know that that's what our fellowship is about. It's about Jesus. We would want it. And then finally, he says, Christian community is founded solely on Jesus Christ. It's a spiritual reality. Now, ACF, Christian community looks like a, a lot of different things. It looks like small groups, right? Some of you have really small groups. You've had this, um, mentor groups where it's just like two or three of you. Uh, it could be 15, 16. I'm looking across the room and seeing some folks that we were in small group with when I think we got close to 30 and we were meeting in three different sections of the house so we could... Uh, so we could break up and really have discussions. Yeah, I see you nodding your head back there. <laughs> um, we have women's and men's small groups. Uh, if you go to Rudy's up here on 620 for breakfast, probably most days of the week you're going to run into some ACF guys getting together to do life together and talk about Jesus and, and, and do discipleship and, uh, just, and share a taco, right? you got to have the taco and the coffee. Uh, our serving teams... Uh, again, the load-in, load-out teams on our, our former uh, communities, and uh, those were great com uh, Christian community. Those of you that go to Nicaragua and serve together over and over in Nicaragua or at Reveal or at uh, Partners in Hope, you, you are getting together in Christian community, but Jesus is the center of what you're doing. And that's, um, that's really the, the point today is that Jesus is the purpose of our groups. Those of you that come to prayer, our prayer team's fantastic up on the barn, uh, at, in the barn from noon to one every single day of the week, uh, weekdays, or on Zoom if you're at lunch at work and take, a, take an hour or come in and poke in for part of the time. You can get in on Zoom and pray with these guys. That's a, that's a community that's centered around Jesus. And not to forget our online community. Like we've, we've developed a really strong online community um, kind of pushed into it because of COVID, but lots of people really, that's community for folks is, is, is uh, joining us online. So the, the, the point and the purpose of all the community at ACF is around the person and presence of Jesus. Now I wanna tell you a little bit about um, our story. Uh, Karen and I have been at ACF for 26 years and we, one of the first things we did was get into a small group. We were, we were pursued by some folks uh, that were on staff and said, hey, you need to get in a small group, in a small group. And this was, we were kind of coming back to our faith. We, we both believed in Jesus, but had kind of strayed from pursuing him. And so we got into a small group. And I'll tell you, um, the, the first group, the first couple groups we got into weren't great fits, and those are different stories for a different time, but we stuck with it, and we found a group that was fantastic, and we grew there. That's where we started pursuing Jesus, learning more about Jesus, and growing in our faith and our understanding and our relationships with, with other Christ followers, and it's, 
Uh, we've, we've been in one iteration of that group now for a long time. And we, when, we, when we met, we played volleyball a lot, like three or four times a week. And that was kind of our community. And I know that you're looking at me and you want to call fiction on me playing volleyball. So um, uh, I know that today I have a better horizontal than a vertical. <laughs> um, but we did, and Karen still plays because she's the athlete. And, uh, but we started bringing some of our volleyball friends to our small group and to church. And, and our, our, our small group uh, became a place where our, our outside interests and our Jesus interests all kind of converge. And, and, and now 20 years, it's just life. And our love for Jesus and our pursuit of Jesus trumps our, our volleyball, but we still love to watch volleyball. But we, we've celebrated life together. We have we started Brushing Creek together. Uh, we have grieved together. We've watched our kids grow up together. But the purpose around that was we were getting together because we wanted to be with Jesus together. I love that. I love that you love volleyball, but you love Jesus more as a result of that time together. That's so cool. Well, Tony talked about why we value community here at ACF, and I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about what happens within a small group. A small group is one of those expressions of community here. Um, if you're like me, you might not have grown up in a tradition in a, a church where small groups were a part of what they did. Maybe you had Sunday school, um, or you might not have grown up in church at all. So when I came here to ACF, I wasn't really sure what a small group was, and um, I asked Tony if he would just clear up a few misconceptions about what happens in a small group. Um, well, let me tell you what a small group is not. Um, a small group is not seminary. You're not going to go and, and come out with, uh, you know, a, a degree. Don't go in with the expectation that you're going to learn everything that you want to learn about the Bible. But you should be studying scripture in small group. That should be part of what your small group does. Uh, it is not a supper club. And I got in trouble last service because one of their small groups is called the supper club. <laughs> I know that they love Jesus and that's the way... They, they, they get together. And you know what? They do supper club really, really well, but it's still about Jesus. And in our group, you know, you get food. We're going to talk about later about uh, uh, the, the, the folks breaking bread together. That's a great part of it, but that's not the, the sole purpose of, of the group. Um, it is not, um, a lot of you serve together, but we're not social workers. We're serving Jesus and we're serving people in the name of Jesus. And I guess lastly, um, your small group, it's not counseling. It's, it's, not a, it's not a counseling group. You might be there and going through hard stuff, but, but the, the, the purpose of the group is not for you to get counseling. It really is to, to grow in Jesus. You're going to walk through some hard stuff together, but there's probably some more that it's not. But. but that's good. So I hope what you're hearing us say is there aren't a lot of rules about what makes a small group, um, you know, in terms of how big it is or how small, how it's structured, kind of how they spend their time together. But the one thing that all of our small groups at ACF have in common is that they create a space for Christ-centered community where that growth that Tony was talking about can take place. Um, you know, he mentioned Matthew 18, 20 at the beginning, and that verse says when two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. And um, what I want to focus on is when Jesus is there, it changes everything about what's happening within your small group. Um, 
here at ACF, we really try to model our small groups after the early church and the description that we see in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And if you've been here at ACF for a long time, you might remember we used to call our small groups 242 groups. Some of you were in 242 groups. Um, And so this is a verse or a a piece of scripture that's probably familiar to a lot of you, but I want to ask you not to zone out while I read it again. I want you to look at it with fresh eyes, and I want you to look at what's happening as a result of these early believers being in Christ-centered community. So look at what's happening because they're in this type of community. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all who believed were together and they had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings. They were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So did you see all the things that were happening as a result of those believers coming together? Like there's a lot of stuff listed there. I wanna highlight five of them for you. So I'm gonna go through these um, fairly quickly. So the first one, um, when you are an intentional Christ-centered community, the first thing that's gonna happen is you are gonna experience the joy and the excitement that comes when you open up God's word and you study it together and you pray together. And I'll be honest, um, like just saying that, that might sound boring to some of you right now. And um, what I wanna tell you is that when you get around the table, I think I've got a picture of a group around the table or a living room or you know, somewhere in Rudy's and you open up God's word together with other people, it's gonna come alive for you in a way that maybe it hasn't on your own. Because when you open up God's word together, God's gonna show different things to different people in the group. And you're gonna share those with each other. And there's just an excitement about it that you can't, um, I can't explain, you have to experience it. One of the other cool things that's gonna happen is you're gonna pray not only for each other, but as a group, you're gonna be praying and interceding for other people that God places on your heart as a group. And you're gonna get to see how that plays out. I wanna give you um, an example from my own first group that I was a part of here at ACF. It was a women's group. So um, my family and I have been here at ACF for 18 years. Uh, I did the math. We've been here since 2003. And when we moved here in 2003, one of my neighbors invited us to try out ACF. And um, I want y'all to think about that for a minute. A neighbor said, hey, maybe come and check out our church, and we came. And here I am 18 years later, so I wanna give you that nudge to invite people to come as well. Well, that same neighbor, a few months later, told me she was gonna be doing this Bible study group, and she wanted to know if I wanted to try it out with her. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't really know very many people at that point. And I had grown up going to church, but I had actually never read my Bible. I had never studied my Bible. And a Bible study group did not sound super fun. Um, but I thought, well, I'll give it a try. Maybe I'll meet some women if I go to this group. There were about eight or 10 women in it. And um, truth be told, I did not own a Bible at that time, so I drove to Barnes & Noble and I purchased a Bible and I showed up for my first day with this group. And I learned that we were gonna be doing an Old Testament study and we were gonna be looking at the building of the tabernacle. (laughs) 
And <laughs> I'm being honest, y'all. I thought, what have I gotten myself into? This does not sound great. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't know what the tabernacle was anyway. So uh, I stuck with the group and I thought, well, let's you know, kind of see how this plays out. Partly because the women who were in the group were so excited about it. Like it was contagious. Like, yeah, we're gonna talk about this. And it was hard not to get excited you know, from their enthusiasm. But one of the reasons I kept showing up each week was that the women in this group had this sense of peace. It was, it was what I would say an inner peace about them. And I recognized that I did not have that. And I wanted that. I wanted what they had. And the best I could tell was that the peace that they had came from them knowing Jesus and spending time with him and his word and talking about it with these other women. And I thought, well, if I hang out with these women, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn that too. That's going to rub off on me somehow. So I stayed in there. The other thing that was really cool about that first women's group is that was where I learned how to pray. I didn't grow up in my home praying together. Praying was something that happened when we went to church and other people did it, and then we went home. And so in this small group, the women would pray, sometimes for a very long time, uh, for each other. And that was super foreign to me. And um, really, I stayed in that group for the whole year, and I did not say a word during prayer time the whole time. I just listened. And they would go to the mat for me in prayer. And what I learned from that time with them was how to pray. Um, what it was like to talk to God. And it was so life-giving for me. Um, I really got hooked from my first experience with that group, as, as strange as it started out. And I have been in some form of women's um, you know, group since then. I've never been without a community of women to study the word together and pray. There's just an excitement that happens when you do it together. So that's my encouragement to you there. All right, so in intentional Christ-centered community, you're gonna have that joy and excitement of studying the word. You're also going to become more others-focused, more others-focused, because remember how we said Jesus is there when you're meeting together, Jesus is there, and he's gonna shape you to be more and more like himself as you're meeting together and talking with each other, and he is the ultimate others-centered, right? So not only are you gonna notice needs that um, exist within your group, but you're also gonna start noticing opportunities that God places around you for you to help and serve and bless the people in your neighborhood or in your community. Um, one of the th cool things I think here at ACF is we have so many groups who are really um, tuned in to the organic needs that show up around them, and they just quietly go and meet those needs. We often don't hear about it till you know months later sometimes, um, but it's just it's a really neat dynamic that happens in your groups. Some of our groups decide that they're just going to be all in with one of our ministry partners. So you know they'll kind of plant their flag in the ground and say we're going to be all in with this group, and when they're doing something, we're going to be there and we're going to support them, whatever it is. And this example you have here up on the screen is from a work day that Partners in Hope had a few months back, where they had couples come, uh, couples groups come together and serve. So we love when our small groups adopt one of our ministry partners to be um, what their group is about. Okay, 
Third thing that's gonna happen when you are in intentional Christ-centered community is you're gonna celebrate life together. You're gonna celebrate life together. And what I mean specifically is you're gonna celebrate how God is at work in the life of the people who are in your group. Um, you're gonna come together in group time and you're gonna share stories. We like to call them God sightings of where you've seen God show up that week or where you've seen him at work in whatever your situation is, something that maybe felt impossible to you. And what's cool is that your group has probably been praying about that with you. And so as you come back and you identify and share those God sightings with the people in your group, it's going to build their faith because they're going to see how God showed up and they're going to be able to anchor onto that and believe for God to show up for them as well. It's super fun. One of the other neat things, I think we'll have a picture up here in a, in a minute, is you're going to get to celebrate new life in Christ. Yep. Give a little cheer for that. This is awesome. New life in Christ, y'all. If you were here last weekend at the first service, uh, we had a small group baptism. And the small group leader is up there, and she baptized one of the ladies from uh, their couples group. She leads a couples group. And the couples that were part of that group all sat here in the front, and they were here to cheer on and to bear witness to the life change that they had seen take place in the woman's life who was being baptized. That's just one of the fun things that comes along with celebrating life together in your group. Okay, fourth, fourth thing, an intentional Christ-centered community, you're also gonna walk through hard stuff together. That one's not so much fun to talk about, but it's so important. Um, your small group is meant to be there to hold you up during the hard times, to point you back towards Christ, to pray for you, to listen during those times, maybe sometimes provide tangible assistance as well. Um, one of my favorite passages on this is from Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10, and I'm just going to read it to you. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. So the example you have up here in this slide, this is a fun small group. Um, during the pandemic, um, when the pandemic hit, this small group had to figure out how they were going to continue to meet and to encourage each other during the hard times. So this group was meeting downtown at Lakeside Apartments, and Lakeside closed the facility so that people couldn't come in to meet there. So the group decided, well, that won't do. We need to help each other during this time. So the members from the group that lived up here in the Four Points area decided, uh, they kind of hatched a plan. So every other week, they drive down to Lakeside. They pick up all the ladies from the small group. They drive up here to Four Points. And the first stop they make is they go to the prayer barn and they pray together as a small group there during that hour, and then they share a meal together, and then they do their Bible study time. They've been doing that the entire pandemic, right? Pretty cool. Um, that's such a great example to me of holding each other up during hard times, of finding a way to continue to encourage each other. Those of you who have been in small group community for the past you know, 15 or 16 months, you know what that's like because you've gotten to experience that. You know when you've had a hard day, someone in your group isn't having a hard day and they've been able to encourage you and to remind you this too shall pass, right? Um, 
So that's my, my example for you on walking through hard stuff together. The last um, thing I wanna talk about in intentional Christ-centered community is you're gonna get lots of opportunities to practice the one another's together, the one another's. So that's gonna take a little bit of explanation for you here. Um, we've got this cheerful group sitting up here behind me um, getting to practice the one another's. One another's are these series of commands that are in the Bible, and you can only do them in the context of relationship with other people. You can't do them on your own. Okay, so I read recently that there are 56 one another commands just in the New Testament, 56 of them. So I'm gonna give you a few examples so you know what I'm talking about. The first one is to love one another and be kind and compassionate to one another. Um, and I'm gonna ask you to help me on some of these here. So I'm gonna ask you to say one another. I'll read the first part, you say one another. So build up and encourage. One another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Use your spiritual gifts for the benefit of one another. Forgive and bear with one another. These get harder. Be patient with one another. You all didn't say it all. I heard the patient thing. You make them do the patient one again. Be patient with one another. Look to the interest of. Yeah, so you get the idea. Um, there are 50 more of those that you can go and look up, do a word search there, um, and, and read about them a little further. There are a lot of those. And y'all, you can only do them in relationship with each other. So at ACF, we think the best way to practice the one another's are with one another in a small group. And I just wanna mention the key word in this is practice. Practice implies you haven't mastered it yet, right? When you're practicing something, you're learning how to do it. And when you're practicing, you're gonna repeat it over and over and over again. And each time you're gonna get a little bit better at it, right? But practice is the important part. So with all of these, um, our reminder to you is that you can't become spiritually mature in isolation. You have to have other people around you to do it. You got to talk about all the fun stuff. Now I get to talk about the stuff that's not part of the glossy brochure. <laughs> Relationships are messy. And it's, it's hard to connect with folks. And you get in a group. And uh, how many of you come from like really perfectly put together families? Any of you? <laughs> One hand you, in the back. You know, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, it, it's messy. And your small group becomes kind of like your family. So... Uh, once in a while you get in some stuff that you just have to work out. And, and uh, aren't we grateful that we have scripture as a great guide to help us deal with conflict, to help with forgiveness, to, to give us direction on how to be others focused. And, and, and in those other 50 that you didn't talk about, there's probably some, some things about working out your relational stuff. So small groups are, are, are great and it's a great place to grow, but uh, your small group will probably let you down at, a, at some point. Somebody's going to say something that offends you. Somebody's going to not respond well to something. Uh, there are going to be opportunities. And you learn how to deal with that because you got to remember, you're all brothers and sisters in Christ. 
you're all getting together to be around the presence and the person of Jesus and to grow and to understand uh, his love for you and to love him more. And so my encouragement to you is to keep it up, like stick with your group, work through your stuff, don't give up on your community because somebody hurt your feelings, uh, because somebody respond the way that you want them to. And, and make time for this, you've, you've gotta make time for it. Sometimes you're tired, you've got, um, you're gonna travel next week. I know a lot of you travel for your jobs. Uh, you have kids and all kinds of sports or band. Any, any band parents out there? I know what band takes of parents, so uh, <laughs> it's good, but you, you've got to make time for your small group time, for your Christian community. It has to be a priority so you can grow and develop these relationships. And, and that's gonna bleed out into these other communities that you're a part of. It's gonna bleed out into your job. It's gonna bleed out into um, building props on, on the band prop team, um, wherever you're serving, your, your spiritual growth is gonna impact the people around you in other settings. So make, it, make your, your discipleship, your Christian community a priority and carve out the time uh, to do that. And then um, on the days you don't feel like going, you know what, there's probably somebody in your group that needs you to be there and you're tired and you've had a long day and um, I'll, I'll tell you a few weeks ago, we had Sunday and we're, you know, Sunday's a pretty full day for the Colvins and we're up here for however many hours we had a thing after church and we had something else and then, hey, it's small group time. You know what, I just wanna take a nap. You know, anybody else like just have your Sunday nap? Um, I squeezed in about 20 minutes, but I got up, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I wanna go to, to group today, but. I, I, don't, I don't know if Lord or something just kind of, hey, you need to change your thinking on that because you might need to be a group for somebody else today. Get over your little pity party and go see your friends and your brothers and sisters because you might have something for them today. So that's, that's uplifting, encouraging, right? Everybody, yes? <laughs> Stick with it, go to your group, make the commitment. So our, our bottom line, what we hope will be one of your takeaways today, is that spiritual growth only happens in community. You can't do it by yourself. And so we want to encourage you to take that you know, nudge to be a part of community so that that growth opportunities, we can call them, can take place. And there's also just so much joy that happens there, right? So let's review kind of the three key things we talked about. First, we talked about why we value community at ACF, because Jesus promises to be there, the best part, right? And his power is there with us. We talked about what happens uh, when you're in small group community. So I highlighted five things for you. Uh, we talked about the joy and excitement you're gonna experience when you open up God's word and when you pray together. We talked about you'll become more others-focused we talked about celebrating the wins and how God is at work in your life together. We talked about walking through hard stuff and holding each other up. And we talked about practicing those one another's. And then the last point that Tony was highlighting for you is that you can't grow spiritually in isolation, that God uses other people to help you grow to become the person that he intends you to be. So, Tony, what is our promise to ACF? 
Our promise to you, ACF's promise to you, is that we will help you connect to some kind of community, some kind of small group, prayer team, serving group. We, we, we will help you do that. Now, we're, we're not responsible for the relationship. You gotta, you gotta find the right fit. You gotta find the folks that uh, you kind of jive with. And, and you know what I used to tell folks when we were um, in Cedar Park that if ACF Brushy Creek wasn't really a great fit for you, then let us help you find a church home because we want you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. That's the whole point, right? And so the whole point here is that if, if you go to a small group, you visit a small group or two and you don't connect, let us help you find a, a group that you connect with. It's okay if you don't connect. Maybe you have some really different habits and stuff and, and that's okay. The point is stick with it and, and we will help you along the way. Um, the other thing I would say, and this is probably not a promise, this is probably more of an ask and I'm taking some of your space, so I'm sorry. Um, that we need more people to step up and lead small groups. Uh, we, need, we need places for folks to go to be discipled and experience what Tanya described so well in those five things and what we see in Acts 2.42. Uh, Chris Tapkin challenged our, our staff a couple months ago. You know, when, when COVID hit, uh, we felt led to pray for 50,000 new believers in the city of Austin uh, because of the pandemic. But what do we do with them when they say yes to Jesus? Where do they go? How do they go get discipled? How do they get into uh, community? How do they get into places where they will experience all this and learn to... Um, to know, love, and serve Jesus if we don't have uh, open doors, open chairs, and, and places for them to go. So my, my challenge to you is uh, if you're an ACFer and, and um, uh, you, well, I'm not gonna give any more caveats to it. We need some, we need some group leaders. So pray about it uh, and come see us on the, the patio <laughs> this afternoon. We just need the space. We need to make room for others to grow. It's that other-centered. It's not about us. Let's make some space for others to join us. So along with that, our ask for all of you is that you would make connecting with others a priority. Make connecting with others a priority. And and take that next step to make it happen. So, you know, reach out to connect. Um, reach out and ask for information. If you're here in person, which you all are, all are, I guess we don't have online right now. So here in person, come and meet us out on the patio. We've got a little table out there and our team would love to start that conversation with you to help you find a place. Um, you can also, if you'd prefer, text ACF Connect to 512-866-9908. And we can also send you information as well to connect you that way. But we would love to help you do that. Then once you find a group, as Tony said, stick with it. Keep showing up. Keep praying about what God is asking you to give as a part of that group. I think we'll close there. Is that a good spot? Yes. Okay. Uh, let me pray for us. <sighs> God, I thank you so much for every single person here in this room. As I look around, um, I know so many of these folks are already part of community, and we know some of their stories. 
But God, I pray specifically for everyone here today who has not found that community yet, who hasn't found their people yet. God, I pray that you would help them in the next few weeks to take that brave step, to reach out, to ask, to connect. And I pray that you would give us wisdom as we help them um, to find that, that group that's gonna help them grow in this new season of life that we're in. God, I thank you so much that you have made community part of the DNA of ACF. Um, I thank you that it's modeled so well here. Um, I know it's what draws a lot of people here to our church. So God, I pray that we continue to celebrate that and to model that. Um, I pray for those uh, new group leaders as well who will step forward, who will feel that nudge and say, yes, I could open my home. I would be willing to do that, God. I pray for that too. Um, I pray for our existing groups, Lord. I pray you give them just some fresh wind in this new season that we're heading into. It's been a long road as they've gone through the last 15, 16 months. God, would you just give them some fun celebrating together how you've been with them through all of it. God, thank you for that promise in Matthew 18, 20, that when we gather, you are there. Thank you, God, for that. We love you so much. Uh, I pray your blessing over each of these people and over our sweet church. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray and that we ask. Amen.